MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by our Mini Helmet Contest. The SGPN Mini Helmets are now in the store, and we're giving away one for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and Happy New Year. Welcome 2023, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 269. It's going to go out to the year 2023, because it's surely going to be the greatest year in uh, the history of mankind, or humanity, or whatever. It's going to be the greatest, and I am going to be one of the greatest things you're going to hear all year. Jeff Chalks Fox, one of your hosts of the MMA Gambling Podcast, the show that doesn't take days off. We hit you up on Christmas and Boxing Day for us peeps here in Canada. And now we're hitting you up on New Year's Day um, with another action-packed, exciting episode, of course. Going to break down all, all the New Year's Eve action that happened in across the MMA world. Um, maybe look back at some stats and how things played out uh, in the MMA and gambling realms in 2022. And then we're going to be out of your ears and ready to uh, kick off 2023. So before we do all of that, I'm going to bring in a man who I don't know how he's, some of his picks didn't do so hot last night. Some of them did okay, but I'm sure he's going to have a positive spin on it. It's the uh, man of 2023, the man who's, uh, I'm wearing his shirt right now. (laughs) uh, Tuesday Night Miracles, SGPN, MMA Gambling Podcast uh, shirt, which you should get from our merch store. It's the one and only Gumby. Vreeland, hello. So, first of all, quick defense of my picks, uh, and I'll go over them. Winning record, winning record on the night. Uh, I wound up going nine and eight by my count, uh, and I'll I'll run those down for you in a second. Second of all, do you realize you kicked off 2023 by ruining a tradition of this podcast? Hmm. Did you know that you did oh, that? What did I do? This is the first time that you have not dedicated an episode that ends in 69 to Billy Madison. <laughs> is it for real? Well, how, well maybe I'm, I'm I'm more mature now. Okay. New year new, new, new year, new Jeff. <laughs> yes. Apparently, apparently I am uh, mature now. I don't, I don't do these things. So, um, yeah, I should have. Billy Madison is a wonderful, wonderful movie that you all should watch for sure. Hey, did the Chris Duncan fight got canceled did i just see now huh i didn't know that jesse jesse taylor got injured in a hit and run did he that sounds like that sounds on brand. yeah, jesse yeah. Taylor. <laughs> it is well and and so at first i was like it i saw the headline that said jesse taylor involved in a hit and run out of cage titans or cage warriors rather 148 headliner and i was like oh jesus dude he got drunk and hit somebody <laughs> and then i was like then i saw he was the victim and i was like oh maybe i'm just too harsh on jesse taylor and then I found out it was at 1 a.m. on the streets of London the night before his fight. Oh, <laughs> and perfect. I'm like, dude, that's I don't know what you're doing at 1 a.m. on the streets of London or, or it might have been, yeah, yeah, he's probably drinking, right? Like that. that no, he's training. He's training for sure. He was out tra- uh, running. Road the 
I yeah. mean, like road work. Maybe if you wanna, maybe if you wanna cut him the benefit of the doubt. But do we, does he deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore? He, he, he probably not. Uh, they don't call him JT Money for nothing, Dan. But did you see what happened to his opponent though? I, I don't know how much of the Cage Warriors 148 broadcast you caught. Oh my God, um, there was so much dead time in that. Oh, it was hard. There was, I, you know, I, I I saw that that comment in the Discord. There was so much dead time after that one fight, but like. For most of the prelims, like anybody is a true D-Gen and, and tuned in for all the prelims, uh, you probably got uh, plenty of excitement very quickly with no dead time. And then it got yeah. to the main card and they must have had time they had to fill or, you know, a fighter wasn't ready because the fights went way too fast or something like that. But they, you're right, before the co-main event, before the, uh, the what was it, the Wilson Hayes fight? Yeah, that's when the dead time happened, yep. which is, yep. you know, too, too bad. But um, what happened to his opponent? But, no, but anyway, any, anyway, his opponent, Charles Leroy uh, Duncan, or whatever yeah, his name is. Chris Leroy Duncan. Chris, uh, right. Yeah, Christopher Leroy Duncan. Th- this was supposed to be kind of like his fight to impress the UFC enough to be like, OK, not only am I giving you guys highlight reels, but I'm also beating guys who used to be in the UFC or, you know, at least at one time were thought to be a high caliber fighter in Jesse Taylor. So like now I'm ready for the UFC. The UFC was just like, you know what? You're in. Uh, oh, so really? Good. We're going to count this as a win over Jesse Taylor and hire you on the spot. So he's already confirmed to have a spot on the UFC London card in March. Cool. Um, so like you got a little breakdown of him last week on the podcast. And in about, you know, three months, uh, we'll be making a pick him versus uh, TBA, who's uh, usually a pretty popular opponent. Very, very popular. So what do you think of his chances in the UFC? You know, I think he's kind of a – here's the the real answer. It's a shame he didn't fight Jesse Taylor because yeah. it would have answered any questions I had about him. Because what I know is he's an electric striker, crazy power. Uh, for a middleweight, he moves very fast. He's got, you know, like high-flying stuff, you know, you know, flying knee KOs and shit like that. But I don't know how he reacts to wrestlers. Um, and it's not like – not like middleweights filled with dudes who wrestle well, right? Like that's a good division to be in if you like to strike. Um, because there's like what kind of Marvin Vittori or, you know, Petrosky, I guess is on the up and up Kai Bohio sort of wrestles sometimes, but like, there's not a ton of dudes who like come from an NCAA pedigree. I mean, Bo Nickel, I guess. Um, but like, there's not a ton of those guys in that division, but it would have been nice to know what would happen when he does run into somebody like that. Um, and if he's like not ready, that would have been a great opportunity for him to take a step back and, and win a couple more regional fights and, you know, maybe see him sometime in September on contender series or something. So I think he's got the striking chops to hang, but I think he needs, you know, like there, there needs to be some questions answered. Well, hopefully they uh, start him off slow and uh, we can get some of those questions answered for uh, Christian Leroy Duncan seven and Oh, in uh his career thus far um all right before we dive into more let me tell you about winbet yes winbet is still with us in 2023 winbet is the official online sportsbook of the sports gambling podcast network winbet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of ways to win including live betting and same game parlays plus reduced juice on sides and totals for all bowl games the day of great promos odds and payouts are happening right now at winbet ready to play sign up today to receive a special offer bet a hundred dollars win a hundred dollars Limited to state availability. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. 
to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And of course, our mini... Oh, wait a minute. The mini helmet contest only ended 2022. I'm sorry. I was going to tell you you can win mini helmet contests from us, but you can't. But still, download our app because we are always giving away free stuff. Um, so the Sports Gambling Podcast app. And always check out our site for our contest, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right. Do you want to, uh, since we already jumped into Cage Warriors, do you want to do a Cage Warrior recap? Yeah, Lots sure. Gra- I, the Night of Ground and Pound, we should, yeah. we should call it. I, I uh, So officially on this one, because that one fight fell off, I went two and two. Uh, yeah. Mod- Modestus Bukaskis in the main event uh, after dancing around with Chuck Campbell for two rounds. Uh, and I am going to criticize this a little bit. They they both looked very afraid of each other's power for two rounds. And then uh, Bukaskis gave Campbell a reason to fear his power, which was throwing like a mallet of a right hand that just absolutely slapped him in probably the most spectacular fashion. Really good knockout for Bukaskis. But like for a dude who's like pining for a second shot in the UFC after going one in three, like it feels like he needed a better performance than that against the five and one 39 year old quote unquote prospect. Do you, did, I mean, I know you saw the knockout at least. Yeah. Did, did you feel like that that's enough to get him back in? No, probably not. It, it's going to take more than one fight, I think to get him back. So when well, he, he did beat Lee Chadwick earlier in the year, but that was that's equally, right. that yeah. one was e- equally a snoozer for about, I mean, that one was a snoozer for probably the whole 15 minutes rather than the, uh, you know, all the way up to the end. That was like a snooze of the whole time. But I think he's finding his feet or maybe finding his knee uh, is a more apt uh, yes. comparison. So, you know, maybe defend the title once against somebody with a little bit more merit because five and one at 39 years old. I know he's an AKA guy and he was highly touted and whatnot, but yeah, it just didn't seem it. Um, And then earlier in the night, uh, I hit on Wilson Hayes, who when we talked about it was negative 110 which was a nice little hit Um, by fight time. He had moved all the way up to plus one Oh five. So if you got in on Wilson Hayes late on that one, which is weird, usually the the money comes in on the UFC guy. It didn't this time. Um, But if you got in on Wilson Hayes late, you probably got a really nice price. And he just proved to be, as I said, in the breakdown too much uh, for Gromval, who, you know, is a good grappler, but I think I called him Makwan Amirakani light on our episode. And he kind of, Felt like Makwan Americani light here uh, against Wilson Hayes. Um, I had Sam Creasy in the flyweight, uh, the flyweight uh, title fight against yep. uh, Hake. And man, did Hake knock him out like brutally. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if you caught this, too. This was a fun little social media uh, storyline that came out of this. Uh, Jake Hadley pointed out that he he fought Hake back in the day. And when he did, the commission made Hake take off his wraps because he had wrapped them extra hard. Ah. Uh, and now he picks up a knockout like a couple of fights later. Uh, and that is interesting, especially being in my breakdown. I was like, Creasy's the better striker. Hake needs to wrestle. And this dude comes in and, and knocks a dude stiff. So, uh, you know, I'm not accusing him of anything, but Jake, yeah, Hadley, Jake Hadley sure is. And that was fun. Um <laughs> And then the the biggest swing and a miss uh, on the Cage Warriors card. I I did pick Kadena to beat Darren the Dentist Stewart, with a caveat that he's like the worst striker that's ever lived. Yeah. My God, my we'll God, did, that. 
Yeah, he lived up to that. <laughs> um, but he was in on an armbar and a triangle choke. Uh, and he didn't get either of them, but I don't mind uh, looking at like a plus 250 price for that. So, uh, yeah, uh, overall, two and two on Cage Warriors. Um, which one do you want to do next? Should I should I run back the Ryzen and then Bellator Ryzen? You just keep talking. This is great. I can just oh, sit cool. back and, and relax. Um, so I went two and three on Ryzen, which wasn't great. Uh, the the two I hit, um, I got Izawa in the main event. She beat Sewell Park uh, by split decision. Do you do you know about the Ryzen scoring system? Uh, it's they do it the whole fight, kind of like Pride used to do, right? They do, but they have criteria <laughs> and percentage that those criteria are worth. Mm. So uh, I, yeah, I found this out via a tweet because I, I don't actually know all that much about Ryzen. They run shows so infrequently that I'm like, and usually there's not enough to intrigue me about them. Um, but this one had a whole bunch of names and, and was an interesting card and then had the Bellator thing afterwards. But by Ryzen rules, it's 50 points for damage out of 100. 50% is on damage, 30 is on aggression, 20 is on control. So I don't even know how you break those categories down because like, yeah, control can mean anything, Uh, you know, like controlling distance is a is a method of controlling somebody. Right. Like you, you keep the fight on the feet by controlling distance. But like what judge is like, ooh, you know, good outside step there really kept him from shooting that double leg because he didn't have the open lane to it. Like nobody's looking at right. Like so it, that's that's got to be just like a metric that favors wrestlers or cage clinchers. Um, and, and like, yeah, so it's a really weird system. I thought Izawa looked better than Park did. So I'm glad she won. Yeah. Um, and you picked her. And I picked her. <laughs> uh, although I had a negative 240 favorite. Uh, I took a big swing on Takazawa to be, uh, Naoko anyway. And the big bummer in that one was I said he would look better on the feet. And as long as it didn't hit the mat, he'd be good. Uh, and a, a 310 dog there seemed to make a lot of sense. Um, and he did look better on the feet. He for sure is better on the feet. And then it hit the ground uh, and he got his arm ripped off. So uh, props to Inouye. He keeps looking better and better. Um, I took the sumo wrestler, Sudario, over yep. Junior Taffa, not to be confused with Justin Taffa, um, at negative 125. He, for some reason, decided that he wanted to box with a boxer. Uh, and that's a bad idea. Uh, and he got knocked out. Uh, now, granted, it was a weird knockout. Uh, it was like cumulative punches. He went down a couple of times. I think the ropes made him look worse than the punches did. Like the way he fell, he like bumped into the ropes and kind of like tumbled and tried to find his feet, but couldn't. I think if it was a cage, he might still have gotten another like minute or two of the benefit of the doubt. Um, but he didn't anyway. So Tafa won there. I keep sleeping on Tafa and he keeps proving me wrong. He's going to run into a wrestler one day. Um Rogerio Bajarin was spectacularly knocked out uh, by Yuki Montoya. Uh, the incredible knockout. Uh, didn't see that coming. I did say Bajarin would be the better wrestler. He was. Uh, but he did shoot one takedown that led directly to his opponent's knee. So uh, that's a bummer. Uh, yeah. And then John Dotson did John Dotson things. He's really fast still and still really freaking good. So uh, two and three in rising. Not particularly good there. Um, the Bellator rising guard went only slightly better because I did pick three favorites and only favorites. went. did you watch any of Bellator versus rising? No, once I, I heard the results, not intentionally, but I heard the results I'm like, Oh, it's all, it's all, uh, 
um, decisions. Like, eh, not really interested now. Yeah, I, I tuned in. <laughs> I tuned in uh, when for the last two fights because it was like 9 a.m. my time when those fights were getting kicked in. Um, and and I found a way to watch them while they were happening, which was not easy to do in the United States of America because they did not want you to watch this fight card uh, until 8 p.m. at night for some reason. Yeah, um, that's the other thing that I couldn't dude, be bothered well, yeah, to, to, to search for it. <laughs> that, that's got to be the worst move in history, right? Because, like, the the whole point of this event happening, right, we, we have to assume the whole point of this event happening is for Bellator to boost its brand by being like, look, we're going to go over there and all of our guys are going to beat the shit out of Ryzen. Because the, they had favorable matchups, right? They were yeah. the favorite all five of them. They were favorite fight. in every one, yeah. Right. And for Ryzen, even if they lost all five of them, kind of like they did with the Floyd Mayweather boxing match against Tension, yep. like – they knew his, their guy was going to go in there and get murked, but they're like, oh, but we got Floyd Mayweather here. And now they're going to have Manny Pacquiao by the sounds of it. Manny Pacquiao is going to come do a fight for him. So, like, they're just looking for any kind of publicity that would help them cross over into the mainstream in the United States or, you know, elsewhere in the globe. And then they made it damn near impossible to watch live elsewhere in the globe. And not that, you know, like Showtime isn't widely available, but like, who the F is watching a tape-delayed MMA card at 8 o'clock on a, on a New Year's Eve night, right? Like, I, I, I will never be bothered to watch tape-delayed stuff anyway. Like, I'll just find the results or I'll watch a stream of it somewhere. But, like, who, who is going to do that on New Year's Eve? Did they, they fumbled this spectacularly, correct? Yes. If, if you cared, you would have found a way to watch it live, basically. Any, anyone who, who would have cared to watch that event would have watched it before the the tape delay uh or, or they would have just given up and said this, this isn't worth it like me yeah yeah well in in like <clears throat> sa- saving it saving it for like when the ball is gonna drop like yeah who who is saving it for that it's just a weird choice um anyway but i watched the the two final fights uh i was super underwhelmed by bellator's dudes i know they all won uh in going back and watching i actually think archuleta did not win uh which was one of my only losses i went three and two like i said i thought archuleta lost uh to suwu kim um mckee didn't look great against d'souza pitbull looked really bad against kleber erst uh because like he he was obviously wanted to strike, but Herbs like walked him down and threw windmill punches nonstop, and it, it didn't look good because he's never been a good boxer. But like, it felt like if he put his foot on the gas, he might be able to beat Pitbull, which was really weird. Uh, so like they won all of those fights, but did so in like a really terrible fashion. Uh, even Rabadanov just like didn't take it to Takeda, which I kind of thought he would. Um, so yeah, boring Bellator Rising card. Uh, I don't recommend tape delayed cards ever again in the future. Uh, went three and two on that one. And then last but not least, Octagon MMA, which I made five picks for. Two of those fights did not happen. Lee Chadwick, the aforementioned, uh, got yep. injured and was not able to fight. So his fight fell off. Um, the main event was originally supposed to be Masik versus, um, who's that? The Maygard. Danish, Maygard, uh, the Danish dude he was supposed to fight. Uh, Maygard pulled out of that fight and was filled in with UFC veteran Gustavo Lopez, who I have to just ask, how the hell did they get Gustavo Lopez on two days notice to fight in, in Prague? Like, how, how did he get there? How did he make weight? How did he? Yeah. Like, well, that's he, usually answers you have for me. So yeah, I should be I, asking you. I don't know. Cause to, to my knowledge, I think he trains in is it California or, or Texas or something. Like he, he trains in the U S 
it, in to, when we taped that, like right around Christmas, Magard was ready to go. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how. But anyway, he's now their their uh, interim champion. Uh, so he's going to have to go back to Prague or somewhere else in Europe when they next compete there. Um, but uh, I went two and one two. in these. Yeah, two uh, right. Yeah, I took Panage over Dos Santos. I said he would be like a negative 500 favorite. He was an ele- negative 1100. Yep. <laughs> um, and rightfully so. He knocked him out real good. Uh, I said Vila against Denal. I thought he'd be a plus 300 dog, and I wanted to try him. He wasn't a plus 300 dog. He was a plus 175 dog, which is a little closer than I would have liked. But he did still pick up a win as a dog like that. So, um, like a nice dog win in the middle of an octagon card. And then I took Juricic uh, over Lahori. Uh, I said he would be a slight favorite in this fight. He wasn't. He was kind of a big dog. Uh, he posted at yep. plus 175. He did get bet down to plus 140. Uh, but he looked like a dog because Lahori knocked him out, looked real good doing it. So uh, Juricic, maybe not as good as I thought he was. Panage, though, uh, if we're going to put a nice little bow on this totally too long recap, uh, Panaj looks like he belongs in the UFC. It is really a shame that he uh, wound up in a really tough matchup uh, on Contender Series because, like, he totally is a guy who, with the right matchup, probably would have won and would be in the UFC right now. But instead, he ran into Sadiq or uh, Esti Dumas, got guillotined in like 47 seconds. And now immediately is like in a position where he's got to keep winning to get a shot. I did see that they already booked him for his next fight in Octagon, though. Uh, he's supposed to fight in, uh, I think it's April uh, for uh, Octagon 42, which is in Slovakia. All right. So there you go. Hopefully he can keep uh, racking up wins and maybe he'll get another shot in Contender Series when it rolls around next, what, late summer. Yeah, yeah. August, August Panaj should be it. And that'll be another one of those guys who were like, oh, he's getting his second shot on Contender Series. Here's what I think about that. August Panaj. That's a good name also. Maybe he, he can have a, have a child named August. August Panaj? Yes. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I also think Underdog Fantasy is good. Because we were brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Freaking transition. It's a very good one. At Underdog, <laughs> the season never ends. Right now, you can play their weekly Battle Royale games or even draft your playoff best ball team. They also have a ton of games for NBA and NHL. Plus, when you use promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. All right, so that's all of the the MMA action you missed uh, when instead you were having a good time on New Year's Eve. So uh, we we got it covered for you. So um, I, I thought we'd maybe look over some stats from last year, just uh, MMA gambling related stats and whatnot, and then. Uh, and then look ahead uh, to 2023 and see if any of these stats actually can help us in the in the new year making our picks. Uh, favorites last year hit at 68%, which is basically right on track. Uh, what we uh, since I started tracking it, usually it's 67%. So they were slightly uh, better last year. Um, of the how many fights? This like 500 plus fights. How many plus 200 or more dogs do you think came through? Plus 200 or better. And what were yeah. what was it? 511 I saw was in the UFC last year. Yeah, something like it. Yeah, it was, it was a little over 500. Yeah. I'm looking at my article. It was 511. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say plus 200 dogs. So you have to imagine. So let's see. I'm going to do some quick math in my head. About 30% of dogs hit anyway. 
So that means uh, total number of dogs that hit were about a hundred and oh no no thirty percent of a third a third of a third hit, yeah. a, a third a third of the winners are dogs. So about a little over a hundred and fifty dogs hit. Yeah, you got to imagine a lot of those are like plus one forty ish dudes. So 100, 150 total dogs ish. I'm gonna say thirty five plus two hundred. Oh, right in there, thirty. Thirty Ooh, plus two hundred dogs. Marcel. Look at that. Basically, I probably hit them all. <laughs> you probably did. So, anyhow, I'll be be wise when you take swings at big dogs. You know what what the biggest dog of the year was that came through? Uh, yeah. Was was it not Mike Jackson? It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was Mike Jackson at plus seven hundred, but he. I poked. Yeah, I poke. Who who is the who is the biggest legit dog that came through last year at plus uh, three sixty is what I had him down at. Plus three sixty. Well, you gave you tipped that it was a he. It was a he. Is it Gerald Mearshart? No, Aljo Aljamain Sterling was plus three sixty. Yep. Wow. That's no wow, eh? Oh, I guess I mean he lost the kind of lost yes, for the, the first, first one. Yes. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Now everyone thinks he is legit. Um. Let's see if any other what other stats jumped out. Late well, replacements. I can, I, I can give you I can give you a stat if go you want you want to go back and forth. So it's interesting yeah. that you said that uh you know like that sixty what was it sixty seven percent of favorites hit. Yeah, sixty eight. But yes, usually it's sixty seven. So it's right. right in that range. Too right, right. So it, it, I was looking at the the main events, uh, specifically five round main events in twenty twenty, which there were forty one of them. Granted, much smaller sample size than what you're dealing with. But the same percentage of those right around was it was like 66 and a half percent went to the championship rounds was an over three. So which is kind of crazy to think about, because like the juice on fights going over three or three and a half rounds, usually on a on a main event, it's usually about 50 50. And it, when there's some big strikers in there, particularly like, you know, light heavyweight main event or something like that, it's usually way juice to the under. So to see so many of them, 27 of them at least went into the championship rounds and 17 of them hit judges scorecards, which was like 41%. So uh, overs on main events came in real big in 2020. And that's with majority of them being in the smaller cage too, in the apex, right? Right. And and I think some of it, some of it is that they're using the apex a little less than the prior year. Yeah. Um, but still like th- that is still a lot of them. And I would also say too, I, I was looking at the ones that didn't go to the, the championship rounds in 28 and a half percent of the ones that didn't make the championship rounds also ended because of injury. So you might even ask yourself like, could two or three more of those wound up in the championship rounds because like, you know, we had the Ortega injury and we had the Tom Aspinall injury and we had the Calvin Cater injury. And like, who, who knows how long those fights could have lasted. I mean, the, the blades Aspinall one, probably not, but Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. You don't think that could have gone another two rounds. I do. So, um, yeah, like that number might even be skewed a little bit on the opposite way. Now, do you think this is going to be a trend that continues in 2023? Is it people are, as as everyone's skills uh, skills increase and uh, every year, you know, fighters are getting better and better because the sport is still a new sport, uh, so to speak. Do you think um, this is going to continue? Or, or, you guess, uh, or is the UFC better at matching up uh, people that are e- equally uh, equally skilled at this point? 
I think it's a little bit of that. And I think it's a lot of people who have begun to like gas tank management. I think there are more people worried that they're going to gas out for like their first ever five round fight. And a lot of the people who were in these were in their first five round fights of their UFC careers too, right? Like Amanda Lemos fought in a five round fight for the first time this year. Um, Matthews Gamrot fought in a five round fight for the first time in his UFC career. Armand Sakurian fought in a five round fight for the first time in his UFC career. So I think some of it too is just new people to the five round fights, which they keep doing by the way, like they, they keep giving us guys who don't usually, you know, who aren't regular mainstays in the five rounders. I, I think they're just managing their gas tank a little bit more diligently. Okay. Oh, is now is this are we are we betting the over just at least to start off the new year, Dan? Are are we gonna hammer the overs in these five round fights? I think I would hammer the over in uh in the first one. Uh yep. I, I don't know what the line is set at yet, but uh Imavlov, you know, is I think is going to absolutely destroy um, Calvin Gastelum. But based on that stat that we just seen, this is going to be Nasruddin Mavov's first UFC main event. Yeah. Uh, he's never been into a fourth round in his whole career. He's only fought three round fights. You know, he's coming off a win over Joaquin Buckley that also went the decision uh, now that he knows that the guy's a little bit more dangerous, right? Like he, he went in and he tried to finish Ian Heinish and he did, and he went in and tried to finish Edmund Shabazian and he did, but like, then he fought a little bit more dangerous guy and he took his foot off the gas a little bit, coasted to a pretty nice decision. I think he does a similar thing against Calvin Gastelum. So I'll be interested to see where the line is for sure. Okay, so that's an interesting interesting stat to keep an eye on. Uh, late replacements did a lot worse last year than than they have uh, overall. Overall, 36% of the time, late replacements win fights, which is not very good. Last year, 28%. So that's something I think we should uh, keep an eye on. I, I I went against it um, in the past few weeks of the year, and I, I shouldn't have, and I think it bit me every time. So just something to keep in mind. Usually um, late replacement is going to spell uh, disaster for the, the fighter taking the fight. A lot of times these are debuting fighters uh, on late replacement, sometimes uh, fighting in a different weight class than normal, and oftentimes you know fighting competition that's way above uh, their level at that point. So just something uh, to keep in mind. Yeah, I, I would be up. really interested on to whether or not there was a stat, and and I know you don't have this in front of you, so if I'm putting you on the spot, don't take it that way. Um, I, I'm interested to know what percent of these late replacements are first time late replacements, are are debuting late replacements, because I, I'm if that number is so much worse. I almost wonder if like regular UFC fighters, people who are already on the roster are now less willing to be that guy who's like, I'll take the last second fight because they they've realized the payoff isn't there anymore. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, you get one fight deeper into your contract, but if it's a loss, it's not helping your salary all that much in the first place. It's certainly not helping your negotiation position. Um, That that sort of myth about being in good favors with the UFC, like. There's no such thing. I mean, like, clearly it worked for Sam Alvey, but, like, who else did it really work for recently? Yeah. And even if Sam Alvey had an expiration date. So, yeah, uh, yeah I would say, um, yeah, I, I would say I would wonder if it's just people getting a little bit more savvy and it needing to be debuting fighters all the time. Maybe that's something we should track in, in 2023. Yep, I can do it. Can I, I can do can, it for sure. Can Go I give ahead. you one more stat before we uh, before we kick yeah, off here? Gummy's I... taking these from an article he wrote on the website. Make sure yeah, you yeah. sports 
hit the MMA tab and yeah, you'll you'll see his. his you'll find you'll find me. And, and one of the ones that I thought was the most interesting when I was doing this was uh, flyweights. Uh, finished fights at an obscene rate over the course of 2023. Like they are a lot of times you hear MMA sharps be like, oh, it's a flyweight fight or it's a women's fight. Right. Bet the over or bet the fight goes to decision or whatever. And w- women's fight still largely trended that way in 2023. For those of you who are wondering, I looked up that stat as well, and it wasn't good for him. But there were 32 fights scheduled for flyweight uh, in the year, which, by the way, seems small. Uh, I was like, that's that's a really low number. They should probably be yep. getting more fights. How many fights. events did they run? Uh, 42, 40, 42. Yeah, because yes. there were forty, there were forty-one five-round main events, but, uh, but there was also a three-round main event between uh, Kennedy Zuchuku and Ian <laughs> yes. Um So forty-two. So that means they had less flyweight fights than events. First of all, that's ridiculous. But second of all, uh, flyweights finished fights at a fifty-six point two five percent clip, which is nuts um to think about and it there wasn't a big discrepancy between submissions and knockouts it was just like inside the distance flyweights and and i have to imagine like if you look at all of the lines for flyweight fights don't go to decision i, I bet you there that's a plus money play more often than it's a minus play right yeah yeah for sure so so like if you just played every single flyweight fight does not go to the cards you probably would have come up pretty big in 2023. And that that was kind of crazy to me. Why do you think this is happening? Is it the new, uh, there seems to be a new breed of exciting explosive flyweights coming into into the roster. There's quite like more than a handful. Um, Is it they're picking off the older ones or, or is this just a fluke or what's the deal here? Well, first of all, Manel Cape has aggression now, so that was a big piece of it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but then the the other piece, I think, it might have something to do with your late replacement point because it's one of the smaller divisions. Yeah. When they needed a late replacement, a guy stepped in and often got flatlined or often got messed up. Um. So like, I, I think that that's a big piece of it. Like, uh, that that dude stepping in on late replacement got messed up or. Um, you know, Daniel, was it Daniel Da Silva's Lacerda is still in the division. He continues yeah. to make dumb choices and get finished. He was like three of the finishes in that. Um, yeah, true. so yeah, like I, I think like not necessarily like that they're picking off the older bunch, but there seems to be a lot of, uh, especially in the, the early parts of flyweight, like the unranked parts of flyweight, which isn't very big. There's a lot of mismatches down there. There you go. Um, yeah, interesting stat. We'll have to see if that continues into the year. Uh, our consensus picks, we're 65% down, so we should just agree, and then we'll we'll win every fight. There you go. Yep. Let's do it. And fighters who had a year off did slightly worse last year, uh, 43% win percentage. So, But for a while there, fighters that, that were uh, out of the cage for over a year were, <clears throat> excuse me, were over 50%, but that, that's, that's fallen off greatly since then. So the other thing kind of goes hand in hand with the late replacement thing. Um, fighters who have been out of the cage for a while, ring rust is a real thing, except for Dominic Cruz. It, it's not, but everyone else, it's a real thing. Sure. looked like it was a thing for Dominic Cruz this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. A- any other numbers from that article or, or people can just read it. I mean, you should go read it, too. Uh, The the only other two things I had here, stoppages happening in the fourth or fifth round in uh, five-round main events. Ten of those 41 fights uh, ended in the fourth or fifth round. And usually when you look at 
Uh, like if you're looking at specific round props, specific round props, especially for fourth or fifth round, are usually like 10 to one or somewhere like that, like seven or eight to one. Even if people expect the fight to finish, they never expect it to get finished in the fourth or fifth. So like if you bet all of those, you would have come out big. Um, and then there was a uptick in submissions pretty heavily uh, over the last year. So um, and I, I again, not 100 percent sure the reason there, but uptick in submissions is always fun. Yeah. No, that's something you, you would think would be going the opposite direction as everyone, as there's really no jujitsu specialists anymore. Everyone knows what they're doing on the ground pretty much. But yeah, I'm curious yeah. if it's if it's due to a, a uptick in like tagging them and bagging them. Tag uh, bag, exactly. Because there, there were a lot of guys who hit hard who also picked up submissions in the past year. And I wonder if it's just because like, you know, refs seem to be letting people take more abuse lately. And in addition to that, uh, how many guys have we seen in like the last couple years, like hurt a guy and then just absolutely punch themselves out? Um, you know, I'm thinking Dwight Grant on Daniel Rodriguez, or I'm thinking Luis Koske on Sasha Polotnikov, just like hurt a guy in the first round, couldn't couldn't actually finish him and then was just exhausted to the point where he couldn't do anything. I think a lot of guys now are jumping on the neck. Um, why not? Like we saw Julian Arosa do it. We saw Jalen Turner do it. And like, they won those fights quick instead. So I, I think maybe that's a trend that we might see continue. So uh, have you figured out how we're going to game the system in 2023? Any of these stats, uh, can we just spam bets on one of those stats that, that, you, that we just went through, Dan? I like the overs on main in five-round main events. There you go. Everyone put all their money on overs in five-round uh, main events, I, I starting think in two weeks. I think that's one we're going to start tracking in the UFC over 2023, and it's going to be a big one for us. All right. There you go. Maybe it will help. Dan, uh, speaking of stats, finally beat me with his picks because he never beats me in any kind of picks over the course of the year. So maybe, new, maybe year. new year, we're we're tied right now, baby. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and we're changing how we're changing how we do things. So maybe maybe you can beat me uh, in the new year, but that won't happen. Uh, he won't get a chance for a couple weeks because we're still UFC dark, and I, I generally don't make picks for regional events but gumby does and that's speaking of our website he just wrote an article on how to bet regional mma which is very timely right now with the ufc being uh quiet and um you mma degens still need something to bet on so check out that article as well we're going to cover some more regional mma tomorrow monday this monday is always non-ufc uh podcasts other than uh contender series weeks but sadly that's not going to happen for a little while so um we will be back in yours with episode 270 tomorrow. Thanks for starting the new year off with us here. Um, make sure if you're listening to us on the SGPN feed, if you can find our specific feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, if you can subscribe to that and give us a five-star review, obviously we deserve it. That would be greatly appreciated. It would help us grow the brand, so to speak, in 2023. And thank you for everyone for making it a record-breaking year again for us last year in terms of downloads and listens and stuff we had how many countries Dan? we had 87 or 86 different countries listen to us last year which is pretty wild hell yeah that's awesome you yeah. guys rule especially yeah. you guys who are not in the united states listening to us exactly. if you're if you're one of those people who listen to us from i i, I know we got Pick some country, irish Dan. i know we got Pick some country. irish out there uh do, but yeah. any yeah. any country for that matter uh, just just tweet at us where you're from. That would be the coolest thing ever. Uh, just tweet be. at SGPN MMA. Yep. Uh, US, 83% of our listeners were from the US, but then we had Canada, Australia, Germany, and the UK rounded out the uh, top. Was that five? Yeah, that was five for us. But obviously, like I said, we had people from everywhere, even countries I've never heard of, like 
Mara Maritius. Have you ever heard of that? M A U R I T I U S. Yeah, it's in East Africa, if I'm not mistaken. You just Google it. Totally. No, no, it's in East Africa. It's over. <laughs> you ever heard it's, of it's Belarus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. I've heard of Belarus. My yes. favorite fighters from there. It's true. <laughs> Albania. You know, we we got people. Mongolia, Montenegro. We we got people everywhere. Zambia. So anyhow, thank you everyone for. Zambia is also in Africa. I didn't. Es- I didn't. How about Eswatini? Ooh, I don't know that one. We had two downloads from Eswatini, wherever that is. So if you're listening to us from Eswatini, hit us up. Like Dan said, SGPN MMA. Uh, no matter where you listen to us, thank you for making last year successful, and uh, hopefully 2023 is even better for all of us. Um, he told you about SGPN MMA. That's Twitter. Uh, I'm I'm Jeff Fox, writer on Twitter. He's Gumby Vreeland. We got a Discord, which is always lots of fun. SportsGumbyPodcast.com/slash/discord is where you find us. There, jump in there and say hi. Um, all their stuff I told you is on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All our all our writings and everyone else's writings and podcasts and promos and giveaways and everything you need underneath the sun is on there. Uh, Gummy's got the Top Turtle MMA podcast, which does not go dark. It, even when the UFC does, he still pumps out a podcast every week. So listen to that. And I am still writing over at moneymma.substack.com. I'm getting ready my gigantic uh year review for ufc fighter pay that i do every year so i will have that up hopefully very very shortly for when you hear me in your ears so make sure you subscribe over there um like i said back tomorrow with another episode of course um it is another um regional event but hopefully gummy will get us some winning picks there um until then i'll remain august panaz Jeff Fox, he will remain. Well, we'll just call you Gumby God. No, Slippery Pete. There's a nickname coming on tomorrow's podcast. Slippery Pete. Gumby Breathing. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.